Okay, Jeremiah 31, 7 through 10. For thus says the Lord, sing aloud with gladness for Jacob and raise shouts for the chief of the nations. Proclaim, give praise and say, save, O Lord, your people, the remnant of Israel. See, I'm going to bring them from the land of the north and gather them from the farthest parts of the earth. Among them, the blind and the lame, those with child and those in labor together, a great company they shall return here. With weeping they shall come, and with consolations I will lead them back. I will let them walk by brooks of water in a straight path in which they shall not stumble. For I have become a uh, father to Israel, and Ephraim is my firstborn. Hear the word of the Lord, O nations, and declare it in the coastlands far away. Say, he who scattered Israel will gather him and will keep him as a shepherd, a flock. May God bless the reading of his holy word. Okay, I have a few thoughts to share with you this morning. I'll let you know right up front. I'm not a real long-winded preacher, and that's a good thing today because right over there, and maybe over, over there if it's not raining, we're going to have one of the most awesome meals that you've ever had in your life. My children, for weeks now, have been bugging me. Daddy, are they going to have food? I go, yes, they're... There is going to be food there. Is it going to be like it used to be? I said, I think it's going to be pretty much like it used to be. Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait. And my oldest son last night said, you know, Dad, the best thing about coming back here for homecoming, what's that, son? The food. (laughs) It wasn't, Daddy, you're going to be the preacher. No, it was the food is the best thing. Well, 40 years ago this month, I cannot believe it's been 40 years. Sometimes I have to just pinch myself and say, where in the heck did 40 years go? But 40 years ago this month, June 1977, I loaded up Billie Jean, Bobby, Darlene, and Micah in a U-Haul truck. And we pulled up our stakes. We lived in southwest misery. I call it misery. Missouri. <laughs> it was uh, a little, little town, Fordland, Missouri, right outside of Springfield, Missouri, queen city of the Ozarks. And we headed towards Concord United Methodist Church. It all began a little bit earlier in the year when I got a call from the Rome District Superintendent, and some of you will remember Hubert Flanagan, who was the District Superintendent, had a pretty heavy Southern accent, and he called me and he said, Gerald, I have the best student appointment available in the North Georgia Conference, Concord United Methodist Church. Are you interested? I said, yes, sir. And so the adventure began. That late June afternoon in 1977, we were met at the parsonage right over here by James and Jane Long. I think Joe Dura was there. Fred Davison was there. I think Joyce Leal might have been there. Earl and Wilma Baskin, Willie Mae Turner, 
the brooms, the garners, and I don't want to miss anybody, but most of the congregation was waiting for us in front of that parsonage to help us unload that truck and help us get off to a good start. It became evident to our family that from day one, Concord is a special place. I would even say a very special place. It is a place that each of you and many of your relatives and a lot of the folks that are resting right over here in this cemetery have made your home church and your community since 1828. Now think about that, since 1828. I know for a fact that Concord United Methodist Church is one of the oldest Methodist churches in Georgia. Maybe the oldest, I don't know, but it's definitely in the top five, I'll guarantee you that. This morning, I want you to reflect for a few minutes and just think about not only your immediate relatives that were sitting here in these pews just a few years ago, think about them for a few moments. But I also want you to try to imagine how many families and pastors and neighbors have come through those doors to be a part of this congregation to be a part of this very unique community, Hickory Level. This is a really cool place to not only be from, but to visit. Today, on this homecoming Sunday, each of you are now continuing the history of this church which has been such a special gathering place of this community. Many of you were baptized in this church. Many of you exchanged wedding vows here. And I forget the young lady that's going to be married here that mentioned it earlier. Is the wedding going to be here in the church? There you go. Perfect example. Good for you. Keep that tradition going. But many were baptized here. Many exchanged wedding vows here. You buried your loved ones in this church cemetery. It was in this place that you perhaps first learned of God's unconditional love. Made your confession of faith. Perhaps were confirmed in the faith here. This is where you first learned what it meant to be in connection with United Methodist people around the world. Now, sometimes we forget as Methodist pastor that we are not just an independent church here in Hickory Level, small church. We are part of a worldwide church the United Methodist Church, that on this Sunday, our brothers and sisters in the faith are worshiping in Africa and in Europe and in Canada and South America, in all of the continents of this earth, are United Methodist worshiping today, well, according to the time zone, maybe yesterday or tomorrow, but they're going to be worshiping 
And we are part of that big, larger Methodist church. It's an awesome thought when you think about it. And that's the beauty of being United Methodist and being a connectional denomination. It's a big thing. I'm sure this morning, if time permitted, each one of you could come up to this pulpit or we could pass a microphone around and you could share a story about a meaningful event in your life that happened here in this church that really made a difference in your life, that made some sort of a change in your life. I wish we had time to do that because we could hear some really great stories. I know as a young student pastor attending Candler School of Theology, many of you and for sure your fathers and mothers and grandparents and neighbors helped form me and prepare me for a lifelong ministry. That ministry has taken me around the world. And you guys and your people are the ones that kick-started that whole process. And I'm so thankful for that. I had the privilege to serve in the Navy chaplaincy for 30 years. And during that 30 years, I was allowed to provide ministry to sailors, Marines, Coast Guardsmen, and I had to, the privilege of providing ministry on ships, in the field with Marines, and helping Coast Guardsmen uh, enforce the rules of the seas and taking care of our, our shores. I always thought of myself as a missionary. Can you believe that? <laughs> I was a missionary. And I, came, I became a missionary from this church. And as a missionary to the military, as a Navy chaplain, my responsibility was not only to provide and facilitate for everyone's religious needs, but I also had an obligation to seek out and provide ministry and help and guidance to those military people who identified themselves as United Methodists. So I was, in, I was a missionary out there in the environment of the military talking about God's love, but also when I had the opportunity sharing the great story of the United Methodist Church. Many times I have reflected on those people who have nurtured me along the way. I found out just this week that one of my favorite professors at Candler, uh, Dr. Ted Runyon, died. He was like 89 years old. And it made me start thinking about the professors I had at Candler. They're pretty much all long gone now, but they were great professors. And me and Mike talked a little bit about this yesterday, and he remembered most of them. But there was a professor named Bill Mallard, who was my advisor, great, great spiritual man. There was a professor, Manfred Hoffman, uh, Don Sayers, and many others that helped lay the foundation for my own spiritual life. But you need to know that all of you and, a, and the Concord Church and the Hickory Level community was no small part in that formation. 
for that I am profoundly grateful and I thank you from the bottom of my heart for being a part of my formation and a part of my life's journey. It has been said that the home is where the heart is and how true that is. And even though my family and I have, are you ready for this, moved 14 times. Can you imagine that? Relocating 14 times. <laughs> each place, each home became a special place because that's where we were. That's where our heart was. And we today can think about all of these different places we were at and we can unlock these memories that are stored away in our heart and in our minds. And we can always say, wow, what about that? Oh, wasn't that neat? Oh, man, that was awesome. And I remember one time we were in Hawaii and we were at the top of Diamond Head and we're looking over at Waikiki at sunset and we're pinching ourselves going, what's a couple of kids from the great state of misery doing here? And... Uh, it was that kind of experience that, you know, has been a part of our journey and a part of our life. Every time that we've had the opportunity to come back to Concord, back to Hickory Level, I'm thinking of John Wesley and, and his statement that his heart was strangely warmed. Well, our hearts are strangely warmed when we make the turn out of Carrollton and start moving this way. Our hearts are strangely warmed. You can just feel the spirit, something in the air about this very special place that you guys get to come to every Sunday and be a part of. We were kind of preparing for this trip, and my spouse Billy and I began to reminisce a little bit about some of the fun times we had here. And you remember the Fall Bazaar? I don't, is that still go on? Maybe not, but the Fall Bazaar they used to do here? It was, it was an amazing community event. And the, the men would come early and cook sausage and gravy and biscuits in here. Uh, Bing might remember that. The men did a lot of the cooking back here. And the ladies had all kinds of arts and crafts and tents set up. And a lot of the community would come and, and participate in that. But there was the Fall Bazaar and... And Anne, I remember you and Billy uh, working with the kids for a Halloween party one time here at the church, and we had Christmas parties and Easter egg hunts for the children, and then, of course, the meals that were served under the shade trees out here, this was before the fellowship hall was built, was fantastic, and it's going to be like that again today in a few, few moments. I just wanted to tell you that I can assure you, like I said, I've been around the world a lot since I left here, and I've eaten lots of meals in different countries and different churches. But I can assure you that there are no better cooks in the world than the ladies of Concord United Methodist Church, and I stand on that statement. Amen. And it was here that I was introduced to fried okra, collard greens, Brunswick stew, and cakes and pies that are fit for a king. Amazing place. I can't remember who the first time I had collard greens and had some bacon grease in it, little pieces of bacon. I said, oh my God, this is awesome. <laughs> Where do you get this at? 
And I have to tell you, one of the benefits of being the preacher for homecoming is this delicious meal that awaits us in just a few more minutes now, okay? So hang on. The scripture reading from Jeremiah speaks to us concerning God's love for his people and the need for community. And you're going to hear that word a lot, community. That's, that's what it's really all about. It is a place where believers can gather to worship, to support, to strengthen each other in time of need and in times of joyous celebration. Concord is that place. You know, I've heard people say, I don't need to go to church to be religious. Have you heard people say that before? Well, I can pray to my God in private. Yes, you can pray to your God in private. But can you imagine how different your religious life would be without the love and support of this congregation? How sad. How sad to be an individual out there somewhere all alone trying to worship God. It doesn't really work that way. We as God's creation, God's creatures, we have an innate need for community to be together. And that's got what God wants us to do. And that's how we do it. From the beginning of our religious history, God has always moved his chosen people towards community and communal worship. From Abraham, Jacob, Isaac, Moses, they always took those followers and formed them into a community of believers who worshiped the one true living God. When you look at the New Testament, that same theme gets carried through. It's really the story of God's love manifest in his son Jesus and those who followed him. Well, you know, following his death and resurrection, that those early followers did what? They formed house churches, little pockets of believers, communities of believers. Apostle Paul comes along, same thing spreading the gospel throughout the Middle East, establishing new churches in Rome, Corinth, Thessalonica, Ephesus, and many other places. In each instance, now hear me, the emphasis was on community, congregations together, supporting, strengthening, worshiping. When you read his letters to the churches, the one constant theme he always talked about was how do we strengthen the congregation? How do we strengthen the church? I say to you today that Concord United Methodist Church is a part of that long history of believers from way back there to the present day. You are a part of that great cloud of witnesses that from the beginning found God and their spiritual life through community. So where is home for you? 
As I said, it is where your heart is. This sacred place here, where you gather each week to worship, to sing praises to the Lord, to renew your lives, to share your stories about your life's journey, that is where your heart is. It's to lean on one another for guidance and help and support. And get this, for 189 years, you have helped keep the flames of Concord United Methodist Church burning bright. And because of that, this church right here continues to be the light shining on a hill. Well, maybe down in the valley a little bit. But it's shining And you welcome all to this church with open hearts, open minds, open doors. What a beautiful mission statement for the United Methodist Church. May God today richly bless you as now you move closer to your bicentennial. Can you believe that? 200 years. In 11 years, this church will be 200 years old. If I'm alive, I'll be back here for that. I promise you that. Thank you again, each of you, for the high privilege of sharing with you on this homecoming day. Thank you, Pastor Mike, for your friendship and the work you do here as the shepherd of this awesome flock. Amen. Thank you, folks.